It's been a while since we reflected on our mission statement as a church, and a lot of new people have been coming to church, coming back out of COVID, and so I want to remind you that PCBC has a mission statement of existing to help our community know God, become family, and you know what the third one is? Impact the world. And one of the ways we're going to be able to do that very, very soon, the month of October, is a mission trip back to New York City. If you've never been to New York City, I want to encourage you to come. We have two mission churches that we have adopted. They're our strategic church. On the 26th of this month, Daniel McGee, who you see in the picture there, the pastor of Connection Church, one of the longest church plants in that area, uh, will be with us on that day. He'll be preaching on Sunday morning, and then in the afternoon, we'll have an information meeting where you can find out how you could be a part of this trip this October. Even for our high school students or college students, we're doing that during fall break. You should be able to participate in that if you're interested. Come to that meeting, put that on your calendar, and save that date. I'm very excited that we're getting to go back into New York City with the gospel. Well, if you have your Bibles today, you can start finding the book of Galatians. We are reviewing what it looks like now that we know Christ. If you know the Lord as your Savior, what should be coming from your life as you walk in the Spirit? There are way too many people who have found salvation in Christ but have never been taught how to live out that new life that they get because Christ lives in them. It's called walking in the Spirit. The last few weeks, we have covered the different kinds of soils. Jesus taught about the fruit of our life, and he went all the way into talking about the soil that represented our hearts. We looked at four different kinds of hearts. Some hearts receive what God has for them. Some reject what God has for them. But now as we start to look at the fruit of the Spirit, we find that a life that is surrendered to God is a life that will bear the fruit of God's Spirit. And if you ever look in the fields, uh, you'll see harvest time, and we've seen the wheat fields, and we see corn fields, and we'll see fields that when they are bearing fruit, you never see the soil. Uh, That should be true of your life and mine. People shouldn't be looking at our hearts, per se. They shouldn't be looking at our They should be seeing Jesus bearing his fruit through our life. So what does that look like? What does that that represent? When I was growing up, it won't mean much to the younger crowd here. Maybe you have some pictures of your grandparents' house. Uh, The common house decor, uh, we grew up with lava lamps. We grew up with oil lamps. We grew up with all kinds of weird stuff. But I was always a little creeped out by the plastic fruit that every house had. Man, my mom had it. Uh, This is kind of what it looks like here. Uh, little bowls and when you look at it from a distance man it looked like holy cow there's some good looking fruit it was plastic man and I'll never forget those grapes man those grapes look so good Uh, man I can't remember the first time I latched on to some of those plastic grapes and found out how my mom had been deceiving me all those years now the good thing about those grapes they're awesome when you feed them to your little brother all right and you convince them it's real fruit and it's a little choking hazard for your little brother that was fun right but it was plastic fruit looks real looks good from a distance boy that is a picture of a lot of people who know Jesus and they want to serve God and 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 I was that way as I was beginning my faith with the Lord and I wasn't where I needed to be I never will be God is continuing to work in my life in your life but my problem was this because I had not been discipled I was trying to manufacture fruit spiritual fruit and it was plastic I was trying to be loving I was trying to be more patient. I was trying to be gentle, and it was me trying to do God stuff that only God can do. If you could have done it on your own, Jesus would have never had to leave heaven. Jesus would have never had to die on a cross. 
the Spirit of God would have never had to be sent to live inside of us because we need all of that to come from Him, not from us, not from what we try to manufacture. And so, so many Christians are trying to be good Christians, and they're trying to be godly, and they're trying to do this for God instead of learning, no, we just need to let God do it through us. It's a big difference. So what does it look like when we are filled with the Spirit, when we're walking by the Spirit and not our flesh? Here in Galatians, go to chapter 5 again in verse 22, and Paul says, here's what should be coming from our lives. Our new life that we have in Christ, and because Christ lives in us, and now as we are filled with the Spirit, then the fruit, what comes from what we are rooted in, the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That sounds just like your testimony, doesn't it? Hello? Doesn't it sound like you? Didn't you feel like you were just reading your own story, huh? That's what we should be seeing. That's what people should be seeing in us. So why does the world not see that in the church today? Why is, it, why is the world not seeing that in our testimonies? Well, maybe we've not learned. Maybe we've got plastic fruit instead of real fruit. Verse 24, go to the next verse. Paul teaches them the difference between plastic fruit and real fruit. He says, for those who belong to Christ, not belong to a church, not who are religious, but those who belong to Christ, they have surrendered their life. It's a surrender. It is an exchange of my old life to receive a new life in Christ. For those who belong to Christ, they have crucified the flesh. We studied that last week and we talked about all of us have flesh that desires to do the exact opposite of the things that God would have. Every one of us battles with the flesh versus our spirit. And Paul says those who belong to Christ... They've got to crucify the flesh. The cross was invented for one reason. It was never invented to punish somebody. It was invented to kill them. It was capital punishment. It wasn't to teach them a good lesson. Nobody ever went up on a cross and came down alive. It was meant to kill whatever was put on the cross. And Paul uses that vivid picture to say, if you're going to experience a spiritual life, if you're going to experience God in your life, You've got to kill your flesh every single day. Well, if we're not killing the flesh, the flesh lives. If the flesh lives, we don't walk by the Spirit. We walk by the flesh, and therefore we become a stumbling block to a world that needs the Jesus that lives in us. We learn the principle of two things. It's kill and fill. Killing our flesh and asking God to fill us with the Spirit that lives inside of us. Kill and fill. And when that happens, then I walk by the Spirit. And when I walk by the Spirit, I will love people differently. I will love them unconditionally. When I'm filled with the Spirit and walk by the Spirit, I'm joyful even when I'm not happy. When I am walking by the Spirit, I'm a person who has the peace of God and peace with others instead of living in chaos or being at war with others. I'll be patient even when everything is going wrong. Even when I'm on with customer support for an hour and 55 minutes, not that I was counting, even though things may not go quickly or as fast as I want them to, I'm filled with the Spirit. I'll be kind even when somebody else has been rude. I'll be good even when I want to be bad. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, there was this unique thing that went on in him and all of us that the things we're not supposed to do, and we all know what those things are. We know what isn't good, what doesn't glorify God, and yet we want to do those things. 
He said, it's like there's a magnet that just sucks me in, man. I just want to do those things. And then when God speaks to me and he says, hey, I want you to do this for my glory, I find myself backing away. I find myself not wanting to do those things. That's the flesh. When I walk by the Spirit, I will be faithful. Even when it's hard to believe God, I'll be gentle. Even when my anger rises up, I'll have self-control. Even when I want to be selfish. Because it's not me who lives, and it's not me trying to live for God, it's God who lives through me. You know, I think it was Henry Blackaby that said, remember, we are called human beings, not human doings. And we're so busy doing stuff, we're so busy doing things for God, we're so busy trying to do this, and trying to do that, and trying to be more gentle, and trying to be better, and trying, it's doing, when we should be being when we should just submit to God and say God I need you to be alive in my life in my story in all of me so as we go to the fruit of the spirit we've looked at the heart that has to receive the seed before you can bear the fruit you have to receive the seed of God you have to have a fertile heart but then as you abide in Christ he will abide in you and the fruit that comes the very first descriptor of the fruit of the spirit is the word love you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I want to show you the importance of this fruit, the importance of love. In 1 Corinthians 13, it's known as the love chapter. It's usually read at most weddings. Cammie and I, when we were dating, we used this as a devotion. We took 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. We took each characteristic as God described love, and we made that our devotion for that week. First one you got to start with is love is patient. Man, that was a blast of a week, let me just tell you. And then you would move on through these other things we're going to study in a moment. And because we wanted to learn how to love each other, not like the world loves, not like we loved other people, but how God loves. But before you can ever get there, take a look at the challenge. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 13. Paul said, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And he's going to go through a list of other things and say, it doesn't matter how spiritual you try to be on the outside. It doesn't matter what you do for God. You can be a prophet. You can be an apostle. You can speak in the tongues of men and angels. He goes on and says, and, and maybe even you have the gift of prophecy. And you know all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith. Enough faith to even remove mountains, but you don't have love. You have what? Nothing. Man, we want those things, and we want to do great things for God, and we want to be spiritual. And he said, you can have spiritual activity or perceive spiritual activity, but if you don't have love, you've got nothing. And can I tell you, our culture today is bankrupted. As you look out in the landscape of the world we're living in today, one of the, one of the things that is radically missing is a spirit of love among people. It's a harsh world today. People are not loving, they're stressed, they're angry, they seem to be overwhelmed and we don't see this love, even in the church. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor and I surrender my body to be burned, but I do not have love, it profits me nothing. The problem today is we have a lot of noisy Christians Got a lot of people that are declaring, I love God, I serve God, and yet our lives 
The way we love people is non-existent or isn't like it should be. And as a result, it is a confusing message. It's a bunch of noise. It's like the teacher that taught Charlie Brown and his crew. You remember her voice? Wah, wah, wah. That's what the world's hearing from us. A conflicting message. Just a bunch of noisy, loud Christians. Not known for our love. Baptists are known for their church splits, not their church missions. We're more known for what we're against and what we're going to boycott and protest rather than loving people where they are, whether they deserve it or not. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is Jesus left his throne in heaven and he took on flesh. And he showed us what love looks like. He showed us what the body of Christ should look like. As he loved people where they were, and he loved them with a special kind of love. What did that love look like? You see, if we're not careful, we can do all this stuff in the name of God, but not do it in the love of God, and we betray the very gospel. Some of the most loving people I've known have been people who go to church. Some of the most unloving people I've known have filled pulpits in churches. Some of the most unloving people I've met have been at Bible college or at seminary getting ready for the ministry so they can do all this stuff for God but never experiencing the God who lives in them. What does this love look like? What does the fruit of the Spirit called love look like? Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. It does not brag. It's not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Uh-oh, underline this next one. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. Right now, probably all of us could probably point to a wrong that we've suffered, and we put a name and a face with it. Somebody who's let us down, somebody who's hurt us, somebody who didn't do what we thought they should have done, or somebody who did something they should have never, ever done. They, they hurt us. And we have a reason why we're not loving them. All of us have somebody like that, and that's why Paul says, but God's love goes beyond that. It does not take into account. It doesn't keep the record. It doesn't keep a ledger. It doesn't count how many times and what they've done, and it doesn't keep the account. They still love. does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, it hopes all things, endures all things. That kind of love never fruit of the spirit problem is we love naturally we love like we've been loved we love because people love us we love them people don't love us we don't love them people treat us well we treat them well people suffer something wrong against us we keep the account and we withdraw our love we love naturally and every time you love naturally you will always get burned that's the fruit of the spirit there was a a man who was in the doghouse. Imagine that. Now, none of the men in this room can experience this, but there was a man who forgot his wedding anniversary. Bad, bad day. Bad moment. He was in the doghouse. And man, it was frigid. It was not going to be a good day, probably a good week, maybe the rest of their marriage, unless he did something about it. And so he got real clever. He said, man, I'm going to I'm going to have to really make up for this. It's going to cost me a lot of money. And that's how men try to fix stuff. Have you noticed that? We try to buy our way out of trouble. He thought, man, if I just get her the perfect gift, even though it's late, maybe, maybe that will change my condition with my bride. 
So he sat down with her. He apologized, and I'm so sorry I forgot our wedding anniversary. And what is it that I could buy you this year that would really make you happy? Just anything. You name it. I, I messed up. I want to make up for it. What's one thing I could buy you that would make you happy? She thought about it for a while, and she said this. It might surprise you. She said, tomorrow morning, there better be something in that driveway that goes from zero to 200 in two seconds flat. Okay. Strange that a woman would want that. Sounds like something I would ask for. So the very next morning, the woman woke up. She walked out, and there was a little gift wrapped right there in her driveway. She tore into that gift. She opened up the package, and there was a brand new bathroom scale. He's expecting a big hug. He's expecting to get out of the doghouse. I'm sad to report that the services for that man will be this Saturday at 10 a.m. downtown. No. Bad moment. Thought he was loving her. Thought he was giving her what she asked for. And sometimes we do that. We think we're loving people when we are burning bridges. Or sometimes we know we ain't loving. Sometimes it's intentional. We withdraw, and instead of demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit, we demonstrate the fruit of our flesh. I don't want anything to do with you. I will not love you. You're not worthy of that love. That's the fruit of the flesh. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. The one who loves me and remains in me and abides in me, it speaks of a love relationship. Not one who does stuff for me, not one who... Who, who, who's just simply trying to serve me, but one who abides in me. I will abide in them. And then what did Jesus say would happen? That person who has that love relationship with the Lord will bear not just fruit, but how kind of, what kind of fruit? Much fruit. It speaks of a great quantity, not just occasional fruit, not just a little bit of fruit, not just a Sunday morning fruit, but an ongoing, everyday bursting forth of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not that I'm just loving sometimes, it's I should be loving at all times, because at all times Christ lives through me. Now if I'm trying to love people because I'm a Christian, and if I'm trying to do better at loving you than I probably have in the past, if I'm trying to do that in my own strength, I can do that for a season. Lost people love people at times. But I can't love the unlovable, and I can't love you when you don't love me, unless it's Jesus who lives in me. Unless I kill my flesh and fill with the Spirit. And Jesus said, when you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. In Romans chapter 5, you don't have to turn there, verse 8, I'll put it on the screen, it says, this kind of love, the fruit of the Spirit, is a demonstrated love. It's not lip service, it's not saying, I love you. It's not being able to declare, oh, we love the world and we want to reach our world for Jesus. It's not a declared love as much as it's a demonstrated love. When did God demonstrate this kind of love? Look at what it says. When we were baptized, when we decided to get all in and serve at the church, when we were given our tithes and our offerings, when did God demonstrate his love to you and to me while we were sinners? Unlovable. We weren't loving God. He was loving us. We weren't worthy of that love. 
but he was loving us. It was a demonstrated love. And then 1 John 4, 8 gives us this declaration. Know this, the one who does not love like God loves does not know God, for God is love. If you know God and God is in you, then you're going to love like God loves. So why aren't we? Because we're not abiding in him. Because we're abiding more in our flesh. We're abiding more in our excuses. We're abiding more in reasons why we don't love. And we should be filled with the Spirit. One of Jesus' last teachings to his disciples, turn over to John chapter 13. John chapter 13 and verse 34. He's been teaching the disciples, and he pulls them together and says, Guys, I'm going to teach you something new. And man, can't you see Peter, Captain Spiritual, breaking out his little prayer journal? The big one, the big honking one that's bigger than all the other disciple ones, so everybody can know he's serious about his faith. And all the rest of them are kind of tagging in, and they get all sitting down. They got their, their pen out, and they're ready to start writing it out. Okay, Lord, man, give it to us, man. We want something new. We, we want to have the inside scoop. Give it to us. He said, here it is, boys. A new commandment. Oh, wow, another commandment. Man, all of our, all of our fathers and grandfathers and all before them have given us thousands of commandments. Give us one more. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. Can't you see Peter? One of those disgusted, holier-than-thou looks. Looking at the other disciples like, are you kidding me? Wow, that's fresh. Never heard that one, Jesus. Uh We've only been taught it every single day of our lives. The most important commandment is to love God and love our neighbor. I thought you were going to give us something new. What's so new about this? There's nothing new. This is what we've always known. We're supposed to love God and love people. That word new there literally means in quality. Not in a, not a, an additional thing, not something new that we've never experienced before. It's what we have experienced or known, but to a new quality. And what was the newness of this commandment? He says, I want you to love one another. Look at the rest of it. What's the rest of it? As I have loved you not how you've been loving not how you've experienced love on this planet not even how your parents loved you or someone else I want you to love one another as I have loved you I've demonstrated it I have modeled it I have shown it, and I'm about to show you even more when I go to the cross love people like I love you that's the fruit of the spirit and if the spirit of Christ lives within me That same Jesus who showed us how to love when he walked on this earth is the same Jesus that can love through you and me as we walk on this earth. But if you never tap into that Jesus, you'll only be plastic fruit. You may love occasionally. You may love most of the time. But you won't demonstrate the love of Jesus, that new quality. Now watch the power of this. Look at verse 35. Jesus said, know this, by that kind of love, loving people as I have loved you, it's the greatest testimony you can bring to this world because by this, all people will know that you're my disciples. You love one another. It starts by how we love each other, and then it starts by how we love our neighbor. And if we truly love God, it will show up in the way we do love each other, and it is showing up in the way we love this world and people in it. 
And it's sad that so many people look at the church and they don't see us for our love. They see us as people of rejection, a people of condemnation. And yes, we should stand for truth and what true is. But in that, Jesus never compromised on truth. But he took love to each and every one that came across his past. The way we love God through loving each other is the greatest ministry we could ever have. It's also the greatest attack that you'll ever experience on this earth. If the enemy can rob you of that heartbeat, if he can rob you of walking in the spirit, you won't demonstrate the love of God and therefore you won't be able to take the message of God to people who need it. So what do you do with this? Where do we, where, where do we go out of this? Let me ask you some questions. Number one, Every one of you answer this. Don't answer it for your neighbor. Don't write it in for him. Just look at your own love, how you love people. Question. Who am I not loving right now that I should be loving? Is there anybody in my life that I should be loving, like we just read about in 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm not loving them? Who is that? Question number two. Maybe this makes it a little easier. Who should I be loving that doesn't deserve my love? Oh, that list gets a little longer, doesn't it? We all got that list. There are somebodies or somebodies that we have on a list and they are not deserving of love. They, they don't deserve it. They have disqualified themselves from any love coming from me. When did Jesus love us? When we were sinners. Who should I love that doesn't deserve my love? Last question. How can I demonstrate that kind of love this week? What does that look like? Don't just say, well, I need to be more loving. Well, we all need to be more loving. Don't just say, I need God to love people through me and leave it general. No, make it a specific thing. I need to love, I need to love this person as God lives through me. By doing this, by loving them this way, would you be willing to make a commitment like that? Would you be willing to let the Spirit of God love people through you? Let's pray about it with every head bowed and every eye closed. Don't you love it when the sermon's over? Now, we, now we're spiritual. Now we love something. But God isn't done. We have to take in the Word, the seed. Our heart, the soil, has to receive it, and then we have to let it do what it's called to do. It will not return void. Today, God wanted you to hear about the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Maybe that's because of a relationship or lack of relationship that you have. Perhaps it's because of somebody you're going to meet this week or, or somebody as you go back to school that's going to be in one of your classes, and it's going to be hard to love them. But God has put you in their world for a reason. To demonstrate his love, whether they deserve it or not. But before we can be that kind of person of love, we have to experience the love of God. You can't just show up to church and all of a sudden start bearing fruit. No, you have to be a believer, a part of the church. Big C body of Christ and maybe you've never experienced God's love maybe you've heard about it you've heard it preached but you can't you can't believe that God could love somebody like you you can't believe it's that simple 
that God so loved you, he sent his only son to die as a payment for your sins so that you could be forgiven. That's too simple. But maybe today God is calling you to receive that love. The Bible says it's a gift. You aren't saved by what you do. You're saved when you receive the gift of eternal life. It's a gift from heaven, paid for by Christ, offered to you like any other gift. You've got to receive it. Have you received Christ? If you haven't, right now, you could pray online or right here in this room and say, Jesus, save me from my sin. Lord, I turn from that sin and I open the door of my heart and I invite you in. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me and demonstrating that love on a cross. I receive that love now. The Bible says you now are a new person. Jesus said, I want you to confess me before men and I will confess you before the Father. We'll have ministers here at the front. Come to one of them and say, today I nailed it down. Today I received God's love. We want to share that with the church and rejoice with you. And there are other decisions that need to be made. There are many of you, you know the love of God in your heart, but you're not letting that love flow through you. There's somebody in your life that you've not been loving that God wants to love through you. Would you repent of that and say, God, I give it to you. And God, Spirit of God, love them through me. Did you do that? If you need to declare your love for God in some other way, we're going to pray when we stand. If you need to come forward for anything, if you want to pray with someone, if you want to join the church, if you need to be baptized, you have another profession of faith or other uh, commitment unto the Lord, we encourage you to come during that time. Father, be blessed as your people honor your voice and follow you. Holy Spirit, have your will and way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Alex is going to sing. Staff are here. If you need to come for any reason right now, come on.